the David Glenn Show. More of your calls on best and worst of the weekend. Heather Dinich in 90 minutes to talk college football. Caroline Can is joining us now for the Carolina Panthers radio network. It was a fun weekend in the NFL, and the Panthers had a lot of fun. 34-27 over Jacksonville. Carolina 3-2 as it heads to London to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ron Rivera becomes the winningest head coach in Panthers history. Christian McCaffrey puts up a franchise record 237 yards from scrimmage. Kyle Allen becomes the first NFL quarterback since Kurt Warner 20 years ago to win his first four NFL starts. And all the while, as the Colts and the Patriots and the Bills and the Saints and the Packers and the Texans and the Rams also had big wins, the Panthers not only won on the field, they welcomed Steve Smith, Jake DeLome, Jordan Gross, and Wesley Walls into their Hall of Honor there at Bank of America Stadium. Caroline Can was on the scene. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Before we dive into the football, what was the biggest reaction among Panthers fans when I know Mick Mixon kept those guys on a, like a short timetable when they took the microphone at halftime of the Jaguars game? Yeah, there was actually a dinner the night before that allowed for the longer speeches, and those are on Panthers.com if anyone wants to watch them. But it was a rather quick, we know how fast those halftimes are, and um, it was very, very quick speeches, but I thought it was really interesting to hear from each of the guys and how they chose to approach their 45 seconds or so to speak to Bank of America Stadium. And, I mean, Steve Smith absolutely took advantage of his opportunity, and he put back on his 1889 jersey, took it off, the fans went crazy. And, you know, I think it, that was just really neat to see his reaction. He, you know, choked up a little bit to see his family's reaction. And then, of course, the fans' reaction, it was just, Really, really cool to see that jersey back on him in Bank of America. We can now call you a co-worker with some members of the Panthers Hall of Honor, given Jake DeLome yes. and Jordan Gross's contributions to your broadcasts, along with our old friends like Mick Mixon and Jim Zoki. Uh, you're around them fairly often. How could you tell the level of you know meaningfulness for those guys? Because they choked up a little bit, even just joining us as a guest on the David Glenn Show, and that was months before the emotion of the moment? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of players, when you talk to them while they're playing, they don't take a lot of time to look at their career, how they got there. They're just very much in the moment. And then, you know, you retire and you look back, but no one's necessarily celebrating you unless, you know, you get sent off into, you know, have this long, like you see in the NBA sometimes, knowing this is your last year, you get to ride off into the sunset. So I think it's a little bit when guys retire, it's this lackluster, like, oh, wow, this league just moves on without me. And so I think it was really cool for each of these guys to be recognized in the way that they were by a franchise that not only, you know, they mean a lot to, but that means a lot to them. And so I just think that was the really cool part. And I thought the it was really awesome. There's a really loud car behind me if you're hearing yeah, something. Yeah, it's all good I was, so far. But I also think um, it was the families that were there. I mean, I just thought that was really, really awesome to see some of these kids. I mean, they never saw their dad play, but they were able to see how much they mean to this organization. Caroline Can is joining us. You can follow her on Twitter at NCarolineCan, two N's in Can. She is the sideline reporter for the Panthers radio network. There was a Las Vegas line a week or two ago where they listed Jay Gruden of Washington as the most likely head coach to lose his job. And, of course, he just did earlier today. 
They listed Dan Quinn of Atlanta as the second most likely to lose his job early. He's still employed by the Falcons, but they're now one in four, and they just gave up almost 600 yards in a loss to the Houston Texans, who the Panthers beat the week before. My question is about the guy who was on third on that Vegas list, who, believe it or not, was our Ron Rivera, who yesterday became the winningest coach in the history of the Panthers in the time that you've been around this organization. It's just weird to see the guy with that nine-year track record listed on those sorts of lists when he's helped them out of the 0-2 start. They are 3-2. and And his record, 74-58-1, is actually way better than the records of Dom Capers or George Seifert or John Fox. What do you see in Ron Rivera, or how do you even see the players and how they view him that uh, makes him maybe the best Panthers coach ever? Yeah, I think the most interesting part, and Ron kind of alluded to this, is, you know, coaches don't stick around this long. And the Panthers have a history of being very loyal to their coaches and having great players in place to allow coaches to also keep their jobs. And that's, I mean, Ron Rivera said it. He said, I've been blessed with very great players, uh, but he also gets a ton of respect from those players. And I don't think that should go overlooked. I mean, every single player that has played for him that we've talked to, especially in this whole of honor weekend, I mean, they respect back to Ron Rivera then you asked the locker room too and we, we asked a lot yesterday with him becoming the most winningest coach in franchise history you know what is it about him that allows him to not only stick around as long as he has as the head coach but do so so successfully and and I thought Gerald McCoy coming fresh off of this free agent market where he went and visited many teams met with many coaches he just said Ron Rivera is an, a, a no BS coach he's always going to tell you the truth he's not going to sugarcoat anything and that's what this league and that's what these players really, really respect. So I think it is really great that he reached that milestone, especially when you look at the history of the coaches here in Carolina and how they are you know, carried over more than your typical maybe five or six years. And I think every single seat in the NFL, unless you're Bill Belichick, starts to get a little hot if you're not making the playoffs. And Ron Rivera has stood the test of time. He again gets this team out of an 0-2 start, and he's doing so without a franchise quarterback. So uh, hats off to what he's been able to do in his nine seasons here. I don't know if you have seen this stat yet, Caroline, but Jim Brown in 1963 is the only man ever to put up more yards from scrimmage in the first five games of any NFL regular season than what Christian McCaffrey now has after that franchise record 237 yesterday against the Jaguars. I don't know if you have a personal NFL MVP ballot, but tell us what you've seen uh, in terms of even an upgrade. Everybody loved Christian McCaffrey last year, and he somehow has come back better than ever. And regardless of what you know, Patrick Mahomes or other MVP candidates may do, at least right now, most NFL writers that I'm watching have McCaffrey in that best conversation of all. Absolutely, and I think it's, it's just a nod to Christian McCaffrey because, you know, let's say that he – has the same year that he's had, you know, the other two years that he's had in the league, that's still a great NFL career. But for him, it wasn't enough. And we saw him this offseason, the entire world talking about how big his arms were and that he's in the best shape of his life. And he comes in and you see why. I mean, the man's carrying the ball more than we have seen from any other running back. I believe he was one of three going into, I know, week five running backs that have played more than 90% of the snaps. Leonard Fournette was the other one, and Le'Veon Bell at the Jets was the third. And so 
he's in this rare air of running backs. And I, I almost find it crazy when people don't say that he's the best running back in the league. I understand Saquon Barkley and, and the effect that he has, but Christian McCaffrey, he didn't have to be as good as Saquon Barkley because last year there was Cam Newton doing a lot of the work and those, those weapons spreading it around. Whereas in Eli Manning, he's not going to run like a, you know, a Cam Newton does. So Saquon was getting more of those carries. I think Christian McCaffrey is the best back in the league. You know, he's definitely in that, you know, one of the best in the league. And he's certainly putting on a show this year to show that he needs to be in that MVP conversation. And we heard from Gerald McCoy. He, he was great. He was giving us all sorts of quotes yesterday. He said, if it ended today, if the season was over today, Christian McCaffrey is your MVP and you can't say otherwise. Another interesting part about that MVP conversation is that the Panthers keep winning. And there's injuries, these these crazy injuries that are happening to a lot of quarterbacks yeah. this year and, you know, some running backs. I mean, you have to take that into consideration. This is a man who did a, a front flip into the end zone yesterday, landed on his back, and it looked like they were working on it some during uh, the game. But he still runs out there and has a crazy game. He, cr- he cramps up at the end of the game. But these are just little injuries that, you know, when you carry the ball as much as he is, he's down in Gatorade to try and get rid of the cramps. He is a, a phenomenal, a phenomenal player. I believe one of the players said he must be like a, the long-lost brother of Thor, the way that he's doing uh, things out there right now. So he's always been fun to watch, but he's just reminding everyone that you know, I can do better, I can be better, and he's showing that this year. So as Christian McCaffrey is trying to run down the likes of Jim Brown, Kyle Allen has now run down Kurt Warner. He is the first NFL QB, Allen is, to win his first four NFL starts since Kurt Warner in 1999. And that Rams team, of course, went on to win the Super Bowl. It feels like from week to week, we got, what, a Kyle Allen who was one of the superstars of the win at Arizona, right? At the Texans, he had some fumbleitis and was not great, but he didn't lose the game. And then at the ja- against the Jaguars, it felt like we got a version somewhere in between. What, how do you assess his role in the win over Jacksonville and that kind of personal roller coaster where his record is 3-0 and this year, but he has had some of the struggles that you'd expect from a first-time starter? Well, I kind of go back to this quote that actually Cam Newton said when he was coming into the season, and everyone – you know, blew it way out of proportion of, oh, my gosh, well, what is this going to be for Cam Newton? But Cam said, you know, I don't need to be Superman for this team anymore. We have a lot of playmakers. I don't need to be taking some of the shots that maybe I've taken in years past. I need to be more sound in the offense and, and go through my reads and make sure I'm spreading the ball around. Well, I think that's what you're seeing out of Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen has never had this Superman persona about him. He's actually been quite the opposite of a journeyman even through college goes undrafted he kind of just comes in under the radar so there are other superstars on this roster that help him that even though if he's going to turn the ball over my goodness we don't want him to do it as much as he did those two weeks on the road but if he's going to turn the ball over there's other people that are going to pick him up this team has really rallied around Kyle Allen they've also rallied around Cam Newton and him coming back and allowing Cam to have patience and to come back in in a manner that is best for him and his health. And they're doing that by winning football games. And you're seeing the way that the stat lines are are playing out. The defense is doing an amazing job. And I thought what we saw this week was more complimentary football than maybe we saw in those two games on the road where they're turning the ball over. I mean, this past week was the first time that we saw the Panthers score on their opening drive and actually not only score, but just not turn the ball over. I mean, the very first week it was on, you know, three and out. And then you turn the ball over on the next three. So you're seeing them take a step in the right direction. I think Kyle Allen's doing exactly what Kyle Allen expected himself to do 
Um, but because he was this journeyman in college, went undrafted, and kind of had to find his place out of uh, necessity as a starter here for the Carolina Panthers, I think this is the Kyle Island that anyone that you know scouted him and knew about him expected him to be. Last thing for Caroline Can joining us, the sideline reporter for the Panthers Radio Network. Follow her on Twitter at ncarolinecan. I imagine there's a fun factor in this for you personally. I mean, it's one thing to talk about a rematch against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'd have a lot to discuss, even if that game were here in the United States. But I don't believe the Panthers have ever been a part of one of these, you know, modern day uh, international games. Mexico City has host, hosted regular season games. Uh, Toronto, Canada has hosted regular season NFL games. And London, by far, has hosted the most. But. Even though Ron Rivera is that ninth-year guy you were describing earlier, he has no experience with this. The, the Panthers staff, most of it, I think, has no experience with this. What is the best big-picture overview of how you approach an international game like this and then how you approach the Buccaneers who figured out a way to beat you earlier this year? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I actually had the privilege to go over with the Indianapolis Colts in 2016. So I know a couple of tricks of the trade, cool. and there are a lot of people on staff here as well that have done that. They've gone. Uh, they do advanced scouting kind of reports on this to see what's the best way to handle this. And, of course, teams that have gone before, they're a wealth of knowledge. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are actually one of them. They go, oh my, they go pretty much every single year to go play in London. So one of the biggest tips I will say to do is to stay awake when you get there. So they're a five-hour difference. They're five hours ahead here, to, you know, being in the east, eastern time zone. And we will land. We will leave Wednesday night and land Thursday morning in London. And you have to stay awake. You cannot go yeah. to sleep. You must immediately get your body on that time uh, clock over there because if you don't, you're going to feel that 9:30 a.m. start that fans will be tuning into the game here. So that's really the biggest thing, and it is going to be a, a different week for the Carolina Panthers. They have today off being a victory Monday they will actually practice tomorrow which is different uh, they do not normally practice on Tuesdays and then Wednesday they're going to have another um, light practice and then they're going to get on the plane and they're going to go Thursday there will be a walkthrough once they get there and then Friday will be that final practice Saturday they're going to be able to lay low a little bit being that day before the game and then Sunday you wake up play get on the plane and come home so it is a very crazy week but thankfully the NFL was nice enough to give the Panthers the bye week next week so it's one of those it's a little bit of a mentality game you know it's going to be different you know you're going to be tired you know it's just going to be a crazy week especially when you maybe want to go sightseeing a little bit while you're over there yep. as well so it's just all about let's push through this week and then know that you have the bye week coming next i will say when i was with the Colts, we did not get that bye after the london trip mm. and that was really really tough so thankfully the nfl has they figured out a way to give all of those teams a bye after that trip i um, mean now we just have to push through on Thursday to stay awake and sleep really, really good on Thursday night in London. It's funny. I took my family, my wife and two kids, to London in August, and your description is perfect. It is exactly what we lived through, and all we had to do was, like, drink beer at pubs in the middle of the afternoon. It's not like we had to play a <laughs> football game. But, yeah, your body clock is way out of whack unless you do that regularly, which most people do not. Caroline Can, thank you for that overview. Have fun in London, and as always, thanks for the time on the David Glenn Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. You got it. Heather Dinich on College Football next hour. Your phone call's on the other side. I'll follow up on the international incident between the NBA and China. 
two things that I would ask fair-minded people to consider as you chime in on that. The NBA is under attack by a lot of its own fans here in the United States for essentially kowtowing to China and turning on Rockets general manager Daryl Morey, who had tweeted his support for the pro-democracy supporters in Hong Kong. The NBA has developed, I think, a well-earned reputation for caring more about community matters and social justice matters and racial injustice matters. The NBA deserves that reputation because it has lived up to that reputation, whereas the NFL, when given chances to do that, has mostly just gone for the dollar time after time after time after time. I mean, the NFL even for a while was charging us as taxpayers, claiming to be patriotic while charging our armed forces for, you know, faux patriotism displays at NFL home games. I mean, if that's not intellectually dishonest, I don't know what is. So the NBA has a better track record for this stuff, has a better reputation and well-earned one again as a result, but in this case, when the wrongdoing is in China, it's, and clearly there are human, violations, human rights violations left and right in the nation of China, for those who don't pay attention to such things, oppression of their own people to, in my opinion, a disgraceful degree. Um, and that's just part of the backdrop. So when Daryl Morey of the NBA tries to, quote, stand up for what's right, the NBA caved against the almighty dollar. And I think that was the best point of the caller at the end of last hour. I do believe it's a little bit more complicated than that. And I would ask you to consider a couple things because some of the same people who love to oversimplify things and they love to get the angry mob going on this or that. And in my, my experience and opinion, they love to boil down to false equivalencies, which I consider intellectually dishonest, they're, they're more interested in tricking you and angering you than they are thinking something all the way through. And if I have no other strength, Darren Vaught, I probably drive you crazy occasionally. I drive my wife crazy occasionally crazy because I think things all the way through. I just drove my own daughter crazy because she was returning from a long soccer absence uh, absence because of some mono complications did you know you can die in a contact sport if you come back too quickly from mono ask sam darnold of the jets uh, the wrong elbow to the spleen darren could kill you on the spot so i think you know i don't want my daughter dying on a soccer field in myrtle beach i'm thinking things all the way through that is usually a good thing in this case, I think it's a good thing as well. You might not change your bottom line, but if you like listening to people who boil complicated matters down into two-word phrases that only the most drooling, idiotic cult members would actually bite on and swallow whole without thinking in a more general sense, if th that, that concept truly disgusts me to my core because there's so much of it in our country right now, including among our leaders. I'll give you at least a couple things to think about because we live in a nuanced world where critical thinking is something that we all need to sign up for and do better at. Otherwise, more bad things will happen for our great nation. Heather Dinich on college football next hour. More of your best and worst of the weekend from the NFL. A little bit on a lot of teams and players. Panthers, Patriots, Bills, Colts. 
Saints, Packers, Texans, Ravens, among others. The Steelers, the Falcons, Washington, and Daniel Jones, who had a rough day against Minnesota, all worst of the weekend nominees. Many of you are on the NBA as worst of the weekend bandwagon, and to a degree, I understand why. Clearly, they're accepting money over human rights. Clearly. They're embracing money over human rights. There's no doubt about that. That was the best point the caller made. The Hurricanes are three out of three as the NHL has resumed its regular season, all in thrilling fashion. Shout out to Rod Brindamore and the boys. Major League Baseball has the Astros, the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Braves in the driver's seat, perhaps to clinch as early as today as that sport offers another playoff quadruple header. 1-800-849-2761. We have tickets to the Carolina Hurricanes games this coming weekend. We also have four packs to the NHRA Carolina Nationals to give away. You can jump in with your question, comment, or vote. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? In college football, Ohio State, Florida, Michigan, UNC, Pitt, Louisville, and Virginia Tech all getting a little love. You can elaborate, chime in, ask your question or cast your ballot 1-800-849-2761 next on the david glenn show mike lupica welcome back to the david glenn show sports used to be called the toy department and i said look at the political scene and and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see when people say oh stick to sports who passed that law you're listening to the david glenn show Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Best and Worst of the Weekend. What was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw? What made it that? Your Carolina Panthers led by the winningest coach in Panthers history, Ron Rivera. And in my eyes, the best coach in franchise history, Ron Rivera. I've seen his warts. I've seen his upside. You know what he reminds me of in certain ways? Rod Brindamore of the Carolina Hurricanes. You know why? As we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Fans in this state, in large numbers, know they have the right guy. There's no Carolina Hurricanes fan who, after what they saw last year with Rod Brindamore as a first-time head coach and what they saw of him as a player, famous for his work ethic and his leadership, etc., there's no real Kaniac that questions whether they have found the right man for the job. The owner of the team, Tom Dundon, will describe a hundred things that in, can, can impact success or failure, winning versus losing. And he says the starting point is Rod Brindamore. I think Tom has something to do with the turnaround, but I agree with him when he says the starting point is Rod Brindamore. Ron Rivera, as we come to your calls, best and worst of the weekend, Major League Baseball playoffs, Carolina Hurricanes at 3-0, Carolina Tar Heels win in Atlanta, Carolina Panthers win over Jacksonville. Worst of the weekend has included many of you upset with the NBA for backing down from China after an international incident over the weekend involving Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Morey. Those of you who called earlier or wrote earlier or tweeted earlier saying that the NBA clearly is choosing money with China as such a big market for the National Basketball Association over human rights, you're absolutely correct about that. There's no doubt about it. The NBA backing down from this controversy is a signal we do not want to mess with our current relationship with China that involves a multi-billion dollar TV deal. Did you know that they stream and in some cases broadcast NBA games? So when the government is mad at you 
and the Chinese Basketball Association is mad at you, and you're hosting some of their teams right now, you have others playing in Asia right now in the preseason, it is a deep relationship, and it is the second largest market for the NBA. They know that. They have the dollar signs that back up what we know just commonsensically. Yeah, you're risking a whole lot of money when China calls you out because Daryl Morey tweeted his support for pro-democracy supporters in Hong Kong, and there are few things more sensitive to the leadership of the enormous, populous, powerful nation of China. There are few things more sensitive than outsiders chiming in on that unique relationship between Hong Kong and China. If you needed to picture an analogy, and again, this is not a perfect analogy, but Darren, what if we made, uh, I lived in South Florida for a while, what if we made the Keys, Key West, but also all the others? That's our Hong Kong, all right? And they basically get to live by a different set of rules. Now, they're still kind of our partner, right? And in mainland China, yes, it is a very oppressive regime with all sorts of human rights abuses. But Hong Kong is like one of the greatest business sectors in the entire world. It's not only free markets, which China has changed little by little in my lifetime, you know, opening themselves up to the outside world for business reasons to some degree, but... Hong Kong is a totally different animal. Doing business there is different. How you're perceived if you want to relocate to, to Hong Kong is entirely different. And I'll give you one big example. And again, it's right there on the edge of China. Like Now, for the record, our keys are fully a part of the state of Florida and the United States of America. I'm just trying to give you a visual. That's how close Hong Kong is. It's kind of tucked into your bosom, if you will. But yet it lives by, in many cases, a different set of rules. And here's one underlying theme just to make it clear. Darren, if you live in mainland China, your government has a whole different view of freedom of expression than we have. And they decide for you in many contexts what you are allowed to see and what you are not allowed to see. Now, there's a lot of jokes about what America is in 2019, but there are thousands of things that China does routinely that would be horrifically illegal in the United States. Our government is not allowed to censor what we can see in a thousand different contexts that China just does like as easily as we breathe. It's just how they do things over there. Again, the rules are different in Hong Kong. If you're in China, your government is deciding what you can or can't see. I mean, they're doing a lot of your thinking for you. And God help you if you trust the state-run media outlet that's offering you ridiculously biased and bastardized versions of the truth on a regular basis. I mean, that's when your media is your government, you have a fundamental problem. Again, the rules, if you're just surfing the Internet, are different in Hong Kong, part of China, but playing by different rules, right? And the rules are different in the governmental context, the censorship context, the human rights context, left and right. But it's still part of China. So, chi so Daryl Morey chimes in with a single tweet, and all heck breaks loose. And China is backing out of actual deals with the NBA and refusing to broadcast Rockets games because that's his franchise. And Yao Ming had a chance to step in and be a peacemaker, and he didn't. He's running the Chinese Basketball Association. And one of the other NBA owners, who I believe is of Chinese descent, chimed in, and rather than finding some sort of, I don't know, middle ground, this owner 
who you'd think, if I'm Adam Silver, man, where am I going for a possible peace broker? I'm going to the guy from China who owns an NBA team, right? Instead, his last name is Tsai, T-S-A-I. He puts out a statement that basically, in large part, takes China's side over Hong Kong and uses the same language. This is an NBA owner, not the Rockets owner, but a different owner, chooses the same language that the Chinese government uses. Oh, that's separatist movement in Hong Kong. Remember, that's not what they say they are. They, they're not seeking independence, most of those protesters say. They say they're pro-democracy, and they want certain changes as a result of that. So even your NBA owner of Chinese descent, his name is Joseph Tsai, he created or co-created the Chinese e-commerce giant Alibaba. That's kind of like our Amazon.com. So he's got, I mean, re- mega ridiculous bucks. So he's the new owner of the Brooklyn Nets. You look to him for leadership and peacekeeping and, and intermediary, and he takes basically China's side. I mean, the words are taken straight from the Chinese government that Joseph Tsai, owner of the Brooklyn Nets, used in his apologetic statement. So the NBA puts out an apologetic statement. Tillman Fertitta, the Houston Rockets billionaire owner, puts out an apologetic statement. Daryl Morey himself deleted his original tweet, puts out an apologetic statement. Those of you calling out the NBA as worst of the weekend on the choosing money over human rights issue are correct. Here's what I would ask you to consider, because we are living in an incredibly dumbed-down American society, and it is a pet peeve of mine. And we have too many people who are cult members and stopped thinking for themselves long ago and not enough critical thinkers. And the reality here is you should at least ask yourself a couple questions. If you're still an open-minded person and not one of these cult members who turned off your brain so long ago, and if the right politician or sports radio host gives you a two-word phrase, intentionally misleading but hoping you're dumb and gullible enough to fall for it, and you just swallow it whole without thinking – you're a cult member, and you, you need to respect yourself more than that, and you need to embrace critical thinking. Otherwise, you're going to follow the wrong people down the world's the wrong swirling rat holes now and in the future. Ask yourself this. Again, some of the people you're listening to have angry agendas where they just want you to be the cult member. And, Darren, there's a sports radio host that put out this whole – NBA social justice warrior except when money is involved and I just saw like hundreds if not thousands of responses and not a single person asked either of these questions and I'm, I'm not kidding you need professional help if you are I don't even want you to believe in me I want you to second guess everything that I say because it's healthier that way if you are to the point where your leader guy or your sports radio cultist set, boils down a complicated situation into two words and you're just drooling at the mouth because you want to be mad at somebody, stop. Please respect yourself more than that. Ask yourself at least these two questions. Number one, put yourself in the position of the NBA. I, again, agree with you when you say the NBA clearly is showing that in this China context – It values money, its relationship with that huge basketball market, more than it values a willingness to go to bat for the human rights protesters in Hong Kong. You're right. But what about this? One, would you enter that same fray if whatever you do for a living, 
in economics class, did you ever hear the term widgets, Darren? All right. Just ask yourself this, and I mean it seriously, and I beg people to stop following cult leaders and to think for yourself more often. You're killing our country with your lack of intellectual honesty. You have to stop. I'm begging you, especially on Election Day. Please underline it and italicize it. If you had a company where 33% of your widgets, I'm just choosing that number it's not meaningful and that term widgets also not meaningful hypothetical if your company sold 33 percent of your widgets in china do you value human rights enough to make a statement in favor of the hong kong protesters just be real you own an american company you probably have workers demanding raises you have fires you're putting out on a regular basis domestically your number one market is the United States of America. And selling widgets here is hard, but you do the best you can. You pay attention to detail. You give raises where they're due. You put out fires where you have to. But 33% of your widgets are sold in China. And you know that with one tweet from your corporate Twitter account, you are risking one-third of your market and maybe one-third of your revenue. Are you still doing it? I'm just asking you a question. Because if you wouldn't, and I'm not saying you're crazy if you wouldn't, you have a job to do. And your job as the CEO includes maximizing profit. And if you want to make your job as the CEO more complicated and more advocating for human rights and other things around the world, well, you better be ready to pay the price for that. And I mean it literally. Would you enter the fray philosophically? if 33% of your widgets were sold in China. Now, again, that's just being fair-minded. What would you do as you're attacking the NBA? Some of those folks would push back, I know, because I've had these conversations, and say this. Well, DG, yeah, I probably wouldn't do that either because I'm a bottom-line capitalist, and God bless America, and we all need to make money, and I'm not going to hurt my own workers by taking this philosophical stand halfway around the world. So I wouldn't do it. So they, so they finally are open-minded enough to see that part. But the NBA puts itself out as a social warrior, social justice warrior. And this is a double standard because they have stood up for things here, HB2 and otherwise, but they're certainly kowtowing to China here. And that's a fair comeback. It is. Again, you're being fair-minded. God bless you because many have given that up long ago. Here's the next question I think you have to ask yourself, again, if you're not a cult member and if you're still thinking for yourself at this stage of your life. You have to ask yourself this, true or false, virtually every person and corporation makes its biggest philosophical stands at or near home. True or false? If you, what would you be most likely to react to? The people, the workers including you, in your building are mistreated by your superiors. Would you be most likely to respond to that or coal miners who are being mistreated in West Virginia or Chinese minions being mistreated in sweatshops? Unless you're a true cult member and you've given up on critical thought again, you know that almost everybody is most likely to respond to the working conditions they're dealing with, or a family member, or a spouse, or something right under their nose, and what's the second most thing they might get involved in? Oh, those coal miners in West Virginia are being mistreated. Why? It's your country. 
So what's most sensitive? Your world. Of course you're most likely to react to that. What's the second most likely? Your neighborhood. Of course you're next, more, next most likely to respond to that. What would be last? Something happened that, while wicked and unacceptable, and against your opinion of what human rights should be like, halfway across the world. Are you taking your time out of being a parent to deal with that? Are you taking your time out of being a worker to deal with that? Are you threatening your profits to deal with that halfway around the world? The idea that a cult member sports radio host would have a thousand answers from his sycophantic cult members without anybody saying, well, wait a minute, the NBA taking bolder stances where? Where they live! Nobody in a thousand people can see the difference between making a stance where you live versus halfway around the world? You have abandoned your intellectual capability to the point? I'm not saying that that ends the debate. You, you should be embarrassed and ashamed to look in the mirror as a walking upright, given a brain human being that in your cult-like circle... Nobody raised the idea that the NBA is very aggressive with social activism where it lives. It's not a little thing down the list that the, oh, why does the NBA have one standard here? Social justice warrior steps in on this and that and this and that. But now they're backing down in China. Man, I can't think of what would differentiate those two situations. Again, I'm being sarcastic because... I don't care as much about what your bottom line is. The idea that you would fail the test of critical thinking so that in your cult, nobody says, well, maybe the NBA as a corporate citizen is doing exactly what 99.9% of human citizens and corporate citizens do all day, every day, every year. Are you more interested in how you're raising your own children or how your brother or sister out in California raised theirs? Or even if you get a little involved in that because you're an aunt or uncle, how about the kids in China who are growing up maybe working in sweatshops before they're old enough? Where does your priority start? Of course it does. In your own backyard. It is scary that nobody would add that to the conversation. The NBA is mega aggressive at home, and the NBA is clearly choosing money over human rights abroad, just like most corporate citizens do every single day. Now, you can say, hey, NBA, you fail the test of international human rights in my eyes. Okay, all right. But guess what? They also deserve a lot of credit for passing with flying colors as the NFL fails that test and others fail that test. And the NBA gets an A-plus for domestic standing up for racial injust- against racial injustice and supportive social justice. A-plus, NBA. And if you want to give them a lesser grade internationally, that is fine. But the idea that you don't think of that screaming bloody murder down your throat difference matters at all? Like, that, that's not a false equivalent as cult leader guy pretends that it's not a false equivalent, call these idiots out, folks. Why do you disrespect yourself by following that tripe? You were all born with the ability to be a critical thinker. At the very least, 
call out those who disgrace and disrespect you by feeding you these oversimplified two-term nonsensical terms to try to boil down something that has a lot more layers than that. You're better than that. That's my worst of the weekend. We're back after this. He's the UVA head basketball coach, Tony Bennett. You always believed in us. I guess you were the wind beneath our wings. There you go. How's that? <laughs> Do we but, have uh, background music for right. that? That's right. That's Bette Midler. There we go. You are the wind beneath my wings. Keep it right here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Heather Dinish will help us dive into the weekend that was in college football. She joins us in about 40 minutes. More of your best and worst of the weekend phone calls. There are valid opinions all over this NBA versus China stuff. I can't take those who are unwilling to even see that asking any citizen, corporate or otherwise, to behave the exact same way everywhere in the world that they do in their own neighborhood, when none of you does the same, to not even bring that up as a distinction between social justice in your own country, NBA or you personally, versus social justice or human rights in China or somewhere else. To not even bring it up, you might you might want to call 1-800-I'm-A-Cult member because you need to think for yourself more often. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. The Carolina Panthers, the Carolina Tar Heels, the Carolina Hurricanes are among the leading vote-getters for best of the weekend. We'll get to Tavares, Michael, Jonathan, and others on those matters and more. What was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw? And anyone who wants NHRA Carolina Nationals tickets or at some point we'll give away more Carolina Hurricanes tickets, hang with us as well. 1-800-849-2761. We're back after this on the David Glenn Show. I made a reference to Mike Krzyzewski of Duke and his GOAT status. And I kid you not, I got angry emails. If I really wanted to insult somebody, I would include some kind of sentence about being in the leaping prairie chewing on grass. This is the David Glenn Show. As we come back to your best and worst of the weekend, phone calls, also China versus the NBA, and the very successful Carolina Panthers, Carolina Hurricanes, Carolina Tar Heels, and other vote-getters for best of the weekend. Today is a special sports anniversary. Ever hear the score 222 to 0? It is one of the most lopsided, eye-opening final scores in the history of sports, and it is celebrating an anniversary today. I know two things that I'll bet would surprise most of you about 222 to zero. That story with your calls next on The David Glenn Show. Dean in Wilmington, you're up on the David Glenn Show. The NCAA book on violations is so sick Superman has trouble carrying. This is true. However, it's not buried into the small print in the back that you're not allowed to drive luxury cars that aren't yours. Okay? <laughs> Keep it here on the David Glenn Show.